What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Busy Sticks, the Geek versus All video game talk show. It's good to be back. We missed a week. We missed you guys. We missed hanging out with you in the chat at twitch.tv slash thegeekiverse. But got a lot of good stuff on the show today, including a nice discussion on our impressions for Lego Star Wars, the Skywars Saga. It's the, here! The, the Skywars Sky Wars. Saga. I just made up a name. <laughs> I made up a name. Uh, yeah, I can't believe that the game actually, the real game, the real title, actually found its way to my PlayStation. It's been a long time coming. So I'm Josiah Leroy with me today, Mr. Baba Yaga. John Fick. John's good to be back. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I, I we missed just a week, like you said, but I feel like it's been a month for some reason. I don't know why. I like I don't know what to do with my hands. Like I'm is my mic okay? I don't even like it feels like we've been off of this for a while. And it's literally just been a week, like you said. This is weird. For sure. And it's funny because like last spring we kind of relaunched things here at the Geekiverse a bit. And it, you know, we it took a little bit of a while. A, a few weeks, a few months to get going with what we're doing with our schedules. Life happened. Uh, and here we're in such a groove. We miss a week and it's like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's been a long time. It's like a disruption in my so. life. It's like a staple for my weeks now. Yeah. percent. Uh, I'm totally with you there. So good to be back talking video games. Uh, the nice thing is here on busy sticks. We don't just love video games. We also love beer. And what goes better hand in hand with video games than beer? I'm gonna take uh-huh. it off first here. Take it off first. Whoa! This take is it off first. Go for uh, it. So uh, what I've <laughs> what I've got here. Uh, I'm going back to what is almost constantly my favorite uh, Sloop Brewing, the Sour Peach. Ooh. So okay. A little bit of a, a a lighter. I would I would classify this. I don't know that they do, but this is definitely a session sour in my mind. Got uh, it. We get a four point three definitely on the light side but it's got a nice mix between having that lightness and a, a full flavor so to speak so that is one that you definitely could classify as I'm, I've enjoyed what I've had with those so far but that so is my choice for tonight I haven't had that beer but you just kind of saying it and describing it is super nostalgic to me because the first the first sour beer I've ever had and what's ever gotten me into sours this was way before the sour craze took off and like it was a weird thing to me at the time was uh Dogfish Head. They they had a beer called Festina Peche. It was uh it was a summer release only. Dogfish Head uh, Dogfish Head Festina Peche. It was amazing and the summer that I like found that beer I was buying like I my fridge was stocked with it the entire summer and for like the next three years I was on their website waiting for them to like like give the information as to when like that was coming back in season and they haven't produced it in a few years and I'm looking back it's probably just like a decent you know like, decent light sour but when I first had it, I'm like oh my god this is amazing like this is this is the best so that reminds me of uh, that beer I, I, I miss that um, but tonight no sour for me as per usual I got an IPA. Um, this is Thin Man. This is did you? Uh, you know what? When you were holding up your can, it kind of looked like this can. I'm like, did we? Did we finally bring the same beer? Uh, but this is this Don, is Thin Man's uh, backwards marathon. I that is what I had before the show really? uh, tonight. <laughs> like, I was like, do I? Do I? So I just got it at Wegmans. Do I have this on the show tonight? But I, I was thinking, you know, I've had the Sloop one here in my fridge for all time so i'm gonna have that before it gets really not so fresh uh that that's the closest you and i ever came to having the same one on the show though wow hey yeah dude it's gonna happen one of these weeks but you'll see it from a few hours ago yeah that oh that's funny um yeah i mean thin man's always fun they they, they're constantly putting out like these small batch ipas and they're really really nicely priced it's like 15 bucks for a four pack so it's always like you know it's it's easy to try it out i'm like i don't feel bad about buying a whole four pack of of something new because it's not that expensive this is a uh a collaboration looks like with dancing gnome as well uh so excited for that always have fun fun can art with thin man as well good stuff yeah, I, I think it's pretty good. It, yeah. It's a really nicely balanced double IPA because sometimes that, that is not the case. Sometimes right. they can be a little too intense or, or maybe they, they lack in one area, but that one I think finds a way to check off all the boxes. But anyway, right. cheers, my man. Cheers, man. I've got the Thin Man glass. So of course you do. I could have done the same thing. But I'm just stupid. I never do that. Um, That's good. And we don't really... Despite... You know, having a, a new beer each every time we have this this recording. Uh, I feel like we don't talk enough about beer. I just wanted to go off on like just just a touch of a tangent. Do it. Um, so, 
I've been, as you know, on a sour kick for years. Like, I, I'm surprised it hasn't gone away yet. But like, anytime there's a new sour, it's really hard for me not to try it. Whether it's at Wegmans or we're out at whatever brewery. But I feel like I've had recently a gradual shift in uh, my IPA taste, which I think you've already been through. Uh, a little bit. So I, you know, the hazy IPA is, is always a go-to for me. Give me that hazy, juicy IPA, cloudy, however you describe it. Uh, West coast has been calling my name a little bit. It's I know so, you've been there. It's crazy how secular it is. Cause it's been happening to me. Like, it seems like it's happening to everybody, man. It's weird. It's bizarre. Uh, so, so there's that. And then, uh, this was very short lived, but also recently, um, and I really do mostly like all beer types. But I've got my go-tos like a sour or an IPA of any sort. I did have a short-lived hankering for stouts. I, it, it just it was like two or three weeks. That was it, and I was just like I couldn't get enough. Wherever I was, I wanted a stout. Even out to dinner, that's what I wanted to have. And normally, I think those don't pair well for me. Wh- whatever I'm having, but that's kind of what I what I went through. So it's it's funny to see like the shift to to see what you're or, or right. whatever your your kind of hot topic of the week is. No? Yeah, it's crazy. It, it is weird. Like, I don't know if it's just because the breweries are making these beers specifically. So you kind of like, you see it on the board and you think, you know, you think that that must be, it's the new one. So you may be confusing a craving with like just wanting to try the new thing. But it's crazy how people's taste buds seem to be secular like that. Because, yeah, the whole hazy thing, I still like hazy IPAs are really good. Um, but like when I go to a brewery and the board is filled with them, I'm looking for the one that's the most happy right now at this point. Like, I want the one that's more bitter and. I guess what we'll call West Coast nowadays. So it's crazy, but it's fun. There's always something out there. That's why I love. Uh, that's why I love this hobby. Yeah, for sure. And like, you could theoretically try something new every week, and just never run out. And especially even locally in in Buffalo, like <laughs> we're spoiled, man. Oh yeah, we Got really some- are. It's awesome. Yeah, speaking of being spoiled here in Buffalo, uh, in in chat twitch.tv slash the Gigaverse, uh, we got a question for you, Courtney Fick. Joe, what's your uh, what's your favorite brewery? That's a tough one, tough question. So I could go in number. I love Big Ditch still to this day. That's always been a, a good one for me. Uh, Eli Fish has been a really nice obsession for Lauren and I, <laughs> Budweiser. No. Um, so yeah, Eli Fish does everything well. They they've done every style of beer by far with a, a a pretty high level of quality, I think. Uh, but it, man, it may come down to two for me. I freaking love Froth. I can't get enough of their beer smoothies, as as we so lovingly call them. And I would say Thin Man. Yeah. Every time I see something new from Thin Man, just about. I have to try it. They do really well with their sours. Minky Boodle is maybe my favorite sour of all time. Uh, we get into their... I think they do hazy IPAs really well. Uh, Trial by Wombat comes to mind. Uh, Burning Money comes to mind. They, they've they done a, a number of, of really good beers over the years, and they always crank out something new. Either only uh, changes it in the iteration of that beer. But I, I think... You know, at this point in time, if you had a to push come to shove, it's probably Thin Man in terms of of what we've gotten. I'll also say this though: um, other half has been climbing my list quickly, and it's unreal how many other half beers I've had, especially just on Busy Sticks. And we've done I don't know close to fifteen episodes right around there right now. Right. So uh, you can't go wrong with any of those. I think if push comes to shove, I land on probably Thin Man. I've got no, I can't answer that question to me. It's just so it's like I said before, it's so cyclical with my taste and it like what, you know, what establishment I enjoy visiting, you know, like, it, and it's even interesting. Cause like I would almost filter how much do I enjoy going to that place? You know, in, in my answer to that question, but at the same time, there's breweries I'd put in that in that conversation that I've only been to once that aren't even from the state of New York that I can't you know get to often. Like the Alchemist comes to mind in Vermont. I've only been there once. Fiddlehead comes to mind as like one of my all time favorite breweries as as in terms of like the beer they put out. Um, same thing with Lawson's Finest Liquids. Like those, I haven't even been to those places, but they they put out like if I if I if I'm, if I'm at a beer shop and there's a new beer by either of them, I'm like I'm taking it home. You know, so it's. Yeah, Josh and chat, same thing. The answer. Never been there, but like insane. So it's I couldn't answer that question. I don't know. There there's too many I've got too many touchstones for too many different reasons with breweries. It's a lot. It's a good problem to have. 
one last thought here too. If I'm thinking outside of New York for for places we've been, uh, Uzelfinch is a place uh, close to Norfolk that uh, I visited last summer. I brought something back uh, for John. I, I think a few actually. Yeah, and I think a four pack. What what we what you experienced was was good. I think you know it wasn't over the top. It wasn't legendary but they had a beer there called uh mellow like marshmallow but smash mellow and it was like uh, it, the the thickness that you would see in something from froth like in some of their liquid lollipops and it was unreal like that opened my eyes to wanting any sort of marshmallow in beer that i could get so anytime something lists marshmallow i'm like oh i think i want that uh but that also turned lauren on to sours so uh, as I think Courtney knows, Lauren is <laughs> untapped now and is, it, it's kind of fun to, to share in that, especially with someone like Lauren, who has just never wanted anything to do with beer in general. Right. And granted, I'll be the first to admit that sours, it, you're a little bit cheating with those froth off the charts. It's just out of the field, but I don't care. It's great. Anyway, yeah. Lauren, uh, Lauren really has been in those and that's kind of fun to, Hey, oh, Froth's coming out with a new liquid lollipop. Let's make a trip. The only problem is we split that four pack now, you know? So Right, right. That's that's where it comes. That, that's where the, the bad comes in. That's but the trade-off. It's a small price to pay. Yes, for sure. So it's fun. But I, I remember I was kind of typing up show notes for this, and I was just reflecting on some of the stuff I had recently. Like, you know, let's talk about the different styles. Let's incorporate just a little bit more beer in, into this show. So happy to have that discussion. Looking forward to uh, to a little bit more of it as we move on. Yeah, I, uh, I, I swear this is a video game podcast. We're, we're going to get to that. <laughs> we got plenty of time for video games. Speaking of which, show and tell. Um, I'm going to take this one. Uh, it's here. It's here. It's in, it's in my hands. I've played through almost six movies worth so far. Wow. And I can't wait to, to talk about my experience later in the show because it is special and for, for so many reasons. But got the deluxe editioned right here for PS5. Ready? If you, Johnny, you got a good view of that? Oh, yeah. Uncle, yeah. Pop that off. Pop uh, the top off, baby. That <laughs> is a Lego minifig. That's so cool. That's a super cool special uh, edition. It's perfect. It lines up perfect. Like, I couldn't believe that that was a thing. Also, by the way, it, if you're, you're listening on, uh, on podcast services around the globe, I've got a, a special steelbook. I love this. It's Han and Carbonite. Oh, did that come extra it, with Best Buy? It did. Okay. For, I want to say for pre-ordering. I don't know if it was tied to deluxe, but so, uh, so what's the what's the case look like for the deluxe? Is that also a steelbook? Nope, it is a little bit wider. Okay, as you can see, nothing really special inside. There is it yeah, just like there's an, nothing but like the actual copy of the game. Yes. Okay, so like the standard, cool. the standard uh, slipcover case, everything like that. Yep. Okay. So that's cool. what that looks like inside your, your typical PS5. Um, it did come with something Lego. I ship it is, but uh, I have yet to build that. I've, ju I've just been playing the game. Yeah. Uh, that is one of the coolest flip covers I've seen. It's very creative. Kudos to, to the team at Traveler's Tales and Disney for making that happen. Yep. It's been a few weeks since I've had anything different in my system. I'm very curious to hear. What's in your system? We've already talked about what beers are drinking, but what yeah. video games are you playing? Uh, so I am happy to to report that I have finished uh, Horizon Forbidden West. That's done. I've completed Horizon Forbidden West. It took me way longer than I expected to, but I bought a house, and then I had that happening, and then I started a new job. So it's like I got a lot of stuff happening, right? So it took me it took me a long time, but man, once once like once I was able to sit down, it was like a sat like a Friday or Saturday. Once I was able to sit down, and like really crack the nut on the gameplay loop, it's like ooh. All right, I'm I'm beating this game this weekend. I don't care if I, I was like 12 hours in. I'm like I'm putting the 30 hours that I need I need to beat this game this weekend. And I did exactly that. Um, it, it's awesome. I will say that there's things that I like about the first game better. I think overall I like the story and 100% the pacing of the story better. Um, in the first game, I think that's kind of like a no brainer for me. Like the story and the pacing of that story better in the first game, but everything else better in the second game. Everything else. 
gameplay, visuals, the gameplay loop, the quality of the side quests, all that kind of stuff. That's all. That's all better in the in the sequel here. Oh, we got our, got a nice little subscriber here. Thank you, Mister V Collage. Um, yeah, yeah her, Horizon. Her, so Horizon Forbidden West. No. Oh, now I got the Cantina song playing right now. It's gonna come through on stream. So yeah. wait for it to finish. You got it. It's not. It's not as I said. <laughs> Horizon Forbidden Dawn. No. Uh, it is. It is the Forbidden West. That's the one. I, I've been struggling with those titles for like since the game came out. Uh, overall, I would say it's I, I would like put them neck and neck. I, I would say that those games are like pretty equal. Forbidden West and, and Zero Dawn. Those are both very very good games, like nine out of ten worthy type games. Um, but they do kind of run together for me with uh, with a lot of the similarities and some of the strengths and weaknesses. But uh, I beat it. I'm happy about it. I'm not I'm not going to go back for the platinum. I know that's something you you have achieved, right? You got the platinum on that game. Yes. I, oh yes. I, I don't. Oh, I don't yeah. have. I don't have the interest in that. I just don't. Uh, it, 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 it's one of those things where it's like I do want to exist in that world a little more because it's fun. I just don't feel like grinding, like grinding the side missions and like doing the stuff. And yeah, it just it's it's not appealing to me. So it's it's not gonna it's not gonna do it. Hey, if it doesn't happen, don't waste your time for sure. Right. Uh, I did platinum it. That was kind of my plan. Once I saw the trophy list, I you know I, I had a little bit of a plan to go through that. Uh, and strategize how I was going to tackle it. And it worked out. So I also, of course, finished the game about 60 hours or so, platinum that. And I got to say, like, I like this one actually a lot better than the first. But I also did like the first. I'm not trying to say I didn't like it. It's, right. This one was like, this was my horizon so far. Uh, what a great time I had. The The trophy hunt made it even more, the, all, the, all the more special afterwards. But uh, gameplay was more fun. Thought the story was actually a little bit more engrossing for me, and um, I'm just excited that they they did it again. So I, hope hope we get more of it in the future. I'm sure we will. I mean, it was no spoilers, but the the story was very much set up for a third a third uh, third game here. So the, the, the whole time, the the story felt like the middle movie in a trilogy, and I kind of always felt that way. Um, I thought the story was good. For me, the, the biggest issue I had was the first like five hours of that story. I felt like it was so, so hand-holdy, hand-holdy in terms of like getting you up to speed and like reminding you what happened last time. I was like, man, just like you, you guys already played a little montage video. Like that's good enough. But I, I don't need to be told this again through like the first couple of missions here. Um, so that it just felt like the pacing wasn't where I wanted it to be. And I did wish that it ended like on a higher note. Ending was good. I just felt like Zero Dawn was a little bit more of like a complete experience than this one was story-wise. I would say Zero Dawn feels more like um, a one-off game, for despite sure. Despite it being a part of this universe, or uh, yeah, universe. Uh, but once you get into like you, you really should have a good context around that, what happened with one, and they do that early on in the yes. game. Yes, and, and, and I guess more so to that point. That's a great point. Whereas like Horizon Zero Dawn is a game that you can play, and you can never touch a PlayStation again in your life, and you can enjoy that experience because there was a there was a true ending, like a you know there there was um, a resolution to Horizon Zero Dawn, right? Horizon Forbidden West very much doesn't have that. Like they they ask a lot of questions. They're like, all right, we're going to give you these answers in the next one for sure. And again, that's awesome because like we love playing the game so much, but they're just kind of different experiences. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. Uh, which was nice, you know, it differentiates itself enough that you, if you played the first, you can feel a little bit of a, a freshness with the second one. Right. Uh, anything else that you're playing at all, John? Uh, yeah, that, so Horizon doesn't even come close hour-wise in these last couple of weeks compared to what I've been putting in with MLB The Show on the Switch. <laughs> I did it. I was so tempted. I'm like, oh, I'm, so I'm a huge baseball fan. Uh, I, I buy MLB The Show every year, and I have since 2012, the first time I could when I, wasn't, when I was able to get it on a Vita because I didn't own a PS3. So I've purchased MLB The Show every year besides last year because last year it was on Xbox Game Pass, so I didn't have to purchase it. And guess what? It's on Xbox Game Pass again this year so i'm like okay cool the show's coming out wait a minute it's coming out for switch that's a problem that is a problem for me this this game this game exists on a subscription that i already paid for am i really gonna pay 60 bucks to buy this on the switch worth every freaking penny i am playing so much more of that game because it's handheld i'm just sitting here like in between stuff getting a couple getting a couple batters down a couple innings down like i'm chipping away it's like i'm probably 
three, six, nine, twelve. I'm at least fifteen games into my season, and I've been playing it for about a week, week and a half, whenever it came out, week and a half ish. I'm playing so much more of this game than I would be if I had to sit down in front of my TV, boot up the Xbox, and only be focusing on that. Um, how does it run? It's fine. I don't think it's like it's obviously nowhere close to the current gen or even last gen systems. It's thirty frames per second, and if you've heard of the term anti-aliasing. The, the switch version is pro aliasing they they love aliasing on, on this version like there there's so what there's so many little jaggies there's a lot of like there's there, there's not too much crispness going on when it comes to the edges and, and a lot of this stuff in the draw distance things get blurry things like that but it's totally fine like you're playing it especially in handheld mode on that relatively small screen a couple inches away from your eyes like it's 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 not bad um it still feels like a a baseball sim it doesn't feel like i'm playing like a, an rbi baseball where things are cartoony it still feels like a full fledged baseball sim game and i've got it in the palm of my hand so like i haven't even downloaded it on on my xbox yet which i can do for free i'm just playing it all right here and i'm uh, i'm so happy that the show is on switch dude i knew as that was announced for switch that that's where you were going i just did and honestly that's the way to go in my mind even though we have it on game pass yes game pass is great it's gonna look freaking awesome on on your series x that's not the point it's a sports game you can you can play an entire season on the go. And that's why it's so appealing to me. That's why I've been crying for what feels like a decade now for a handheld version of NHL. Right. Oh, oh my, my gosh, God, like, dude. Give me that on switch. And I would probably play an entire dynasty. We, we've, we've beaten this horse to death saying that, Oh my God, it would be, it would be, it would be perfect game on switch. It would, it would be awesome if I can have that game portably. It, it, doesn't get more true when it than than sports games like being able to just pick it up and put it down and, and chip away at an 82 or 162 game season in, in baseball's case like that that's just like it, it's so valuable i play the, i'm playing it so much more and i'm i'm pumped about it and like honestly it doesn't look incredible but i'm still impressed at how good it does look and how good it does run i'm not getting a lot of drops and animations frames and stuff like that it's a steady 30 frames per second it's very very playable the one thing that is weird is you know how Nintendo Switch, the A button is confirm, mm. right? There, there are some weird inconsistencies with like the fact that they're still treating B as the confirm button because of its placement on the controller and the fact that they're kind of just mirroring an Xbox and a, and a PlayStation controller. So B being the bottom button, they're still using that to confirm sometimes, but then you have to use Nintendo's A button to confirm sometimes too for different things. So it seems like certain things are programmed to be like, all right, use the system level confirm button, but no, over here, we're going to use our confirm button. So that's been a little weird. And like, I've actually screwed up pitching because of that because like i'm not going to get into it there's like you can confirm with i'm getting into it i guess you can confirm with the pitch button that you selected so i say i'm throwing a curveball that's on x i can confirm it with x or i can confirm it with the confirm button and it's just out of whack because of that weird thing so i've I've missed pitches basically because i've had to like retrain myself so that's like the one oversight but other than that it's been awesome it sounds like the experience I would expect and hope for uh, on the Switch. And even back when the Vita launched, like MLB 012, it's one of the first games I bought because I found it extremely appealing. 162 game season on the go. And I, I, of course, I love the home theater experience. You're sitting in front of your TV, you got the console. But man, on the go is where it's at when it comes to sports games. Let's go. Give right. me NHL someday, please. I beg yes. of you, EA. It, and again, I, I, it's not even close. It's not even close. The, like the the experience that MLB The Show offers on like a current gen console is insane. The, the the detail, the level of quality in those games, it's like legitimately unprecedented. Like those games are incredible on those platforms. But to me, having already seen that, I see. I've I've, I've played it. I've gotten wild throughout the years. I know what it looks like. I you know I appreciate it. I spent my time with it. I care about the gameplay at this point. I just want to be able to play as much as I can as possible. Yeah, happy to hear it. What a what a win for for gamers, let alone baseball fans who want to make that jump right now. Good stuff right there. That does bring also, up real quick. That brings up a, a quick point I have is like, man, we really got to figure out we're we're getting there with cross perch or cross play, right? So like you can you and I can play against each other on different platforms with a lot of the major games now, and even cross progression's gotten there too. This has it. I can I can pick up my season from the Switch on the Xbox if I wanted to and stuff like that. We got to figure out cross purchasing because like we like it just made me think like I would love to have this on everything and just being able to like pay one price to get it on two platforms. If the developers can figure that out, I think we're like really in a good spot with the cross play stuff. That's like the only thing we have left to nail down. 
I, never say never, man, because I never thought that play would get to the level it's at now where it, it's almost mainstream. Uh, so to say that that will never happen, maybe five years ago, I would have been like, you're crazy. They'll never figure that out. But yeah. now I'm like, they, they want to play together a little bit. You got people like Phil Spencer, they'll find a way. I think it'll be more these companies owning their own digital storefronts and like selling you a bundle directly. You know, you buy like a MLB The Show bundle directly from the developer and they give you a code for the Switch and a code for the PlayStation. So it's not, you know, it's not PlayStation and Nintendo working together to figure out some kind of a cut. It's the developer selling you the game directly. Yeah, time will tell for sure. Uh, so for me, it's been one thing and one thing only, and that is Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, which we'll get into in just a few moments, uh, but uh, worth the wait. Love the the freshness of all of it, the different perspective. It's been a good time. I know JT from uh, the Geekiverse, he's been playing that on the Switch. He's talking about the, the graphics being just, just a little underwhelming, which, hey, you know, it's, it's understandable. This is a big game. You think of Lego games... Not so much in this context. This is a really, really big game. A lot of polish, especially on PS5 and Xbox Series X. And John, you've been playing that on PS5, right? Yes. So, uh, so Court and I, uh, that was my my idea was the MLB The Show and Lego Star Wars came out the same day. I'm like, all right, I'm buying the show for me, but I'm buying Lego Star Wars for me and Courtney. So me and my wife, I'm like, you're playing this with me. Like, we always talk about how we want to try out like a co-op game together. We've always like, you know, toss around that idea this is it this is lego star wars it doesn't get much more like user friendly and like entry level in terms of gameplay than this so we uh we've only played about an hour and a half ish of episode one and that's that's we haven't gotten back to it yet but so excited to hear your thoughts on it yes yes and boy do i have some and i've got some uh, a little bit of a nostalgia no nostalgic excuse me story that uh, we'll dive into uh jumping into uh, the question of the week, last episode that we had, so two weeks ago, I threw up a poll on our, actually the Buffalo Game Geeks Facebook group. I know John did one on Twitter, so I want to, we'll compare notes here. But what we asked uh, is with the news that another AAA title is delayed until 2023 with Breath of the Wild 2, do you think Starfield will hit its mark and release this November? So in the Buffalo Game Geek group, we may, Joe, we lost you for a second. Am I here? I'm a little bit here. Yeah, you're, but you're, you're a little back now. Yeah, so you're you're just getting into the uh, the results there in the Buffalo Game Geek uh, poll. If you didn't just freeze again, results are about eighty percent in favor of no way the game is slipping to December or 2023, and a, a close to twenty percent would say yes is not missing the date of November 11th, AKA 1111, which he tends to love. So, uh, John, what, what do we have on, on the flip side with Twitter? It was much closer on Twitter. It was, uh, 55% said it was getting delayed and we had 45 say that it's coming out on it's, it's coming out this year. That's how I phrase it. I didn't, I didn't even go, I didn't even go like, do you think it's coming out on the release date? I just said, do you think it's coming out this year? Um, but it doesn't have much room to slip. Like you said, 1111. Um, yeah, so similar. I mean, more people think it's getting delayed than it than say that it is coming out. Obviously, that's been something that I've been like really skeptical of personally. But hey, I, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, in our on our Twitter, somebody like linked us to an article saying that uh, Starfield is fully fully playable from start to finish, relate date firmly set in stone. You click that article, it's from like altcharacter.com. There's like a 300 words about it. I don't even see any direct quotes. So this seems like somebody who's just trying to like really will this into existence. But um, I hope I hope I'm wrong. I hope we all are. I hope you're wrong if the game is ready. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Let's for sure. Let's not have another buggy release. But yeah. Bethesda, that's happened the last few entries here. That's 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 kind of their shtick. And I, I think we're kind of at the point where like we're done with that, right? Like Bethesda is a they're they're not just a developer. They're they're a publishing arm, right? And all of their other studios have been putting out great stuff. Whether you talk about Arcane or uh who does wolfenstein um in software in software right so and then the doom is who again i they have so many freaking developers at this point yes they they've got a lot going on so when xbox took over they they took over a big family of developers right so my point is every other developer under bethesda's uh in there thanks josh um every on every other developer under bethesda's publishing arm has been getting better and better and they've been, put, have been putting out quality titles without these issues bethesda softworks developer themselves every game they've put out for 
I can think of since like what Fallout Three has been like kind of riddled with bugs. Even the good ones, even Fallout Four was like still pretty broken when it came out. So it's just like they they seemingly have been very reluctant to upgrade their engines. It's like you know if it's not broke, don't fix it. But it's 2022, and and by today's standards, that stuff's kind of broken. Yeah, I, I me, I I think they've got to nail this first one because this is the first one under Xbox Game Studio, so it's going to be a little bit under more scrutiny. I I would think. I mean, they've got such a big pedigree, right? You look down the list, whether it's the Elder Scrolls or Doom or Fallout, Dishonored. This one matters, especially. Xbox being a Microsoft exclusive, so I think they've really got to get it right. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I'm curious to see what that looks like. Right, I think the scrutiny is even there too because of that. I mean, the 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 fact that you've got these IP, you've had all this time, but now you've got the money behind uh, behind Microsoft. You've got the big money behind you to to make sure this is polished and to upgrade your engine or make a new one. So, and I think we're at the point where there's no excuses. Uh, and again, not saying that Bethesda puts out trash games in a, in a nutshell even even the games that they they put out that are buggy usually we find some stuff to love about them and they review pretty well they're they're pretty well loved with the exception of fallout 76 um but i think they got some work to do and we'll see we'll see what happens with this one uh so for the question of the week this week john i don't know that we came up with one but i wrote one down in case we did not oh yeah we did <laughs> you're like right we just, just okay we still right past, past it, it. Um, so I think this is fitting, which I, I'm fascinated to hear the mindset concerning Lego Star Wars. If you've played the game or if you haven't, which trilogy would you start with? How that's the game a, works is that's a great question. Yeah. You, you have to pick episode one, episode four or episode seven. And then you got to go through that trilogy before you pick your next one. I kind of like the premise. You can't just go all over the map. You got to stick with a trilogy there. So what would you do? Is that completely true? Can't you play multiple trilogies at a time? I thought it was locked until you finished the trilogy. I could be wrong on that. I, I, th- I don't think you can. I don't think you can hop around within the trilogy. You have to. You have to. It's basically like each trilogy is its own game. But I think you can be playing a trilogy and then like go back to the menu and start a new trilogy. I think you can, but that that would be very I, weird. So I still think it's a very good question. Like which one do you start with? <laughs> there, there's there is one wrong answer. Like for sure, there's a wrong answer. Um, but there's two maybe right answers. So I'm interested <laughs> to see how this goes. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about ours in just a moment. We already know actually where you started, but uh, yeah, good love to hear that. Get in the uh, in the conversation with us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube.com slash The Geekiverse. So question of the week, which trilogy would you start with in Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga? One bit of news here before we get into our Star Wars impressions, John, and it's something that I truly had just no inkling this was happening. I would say I am a little bit surprised, to be honest with you, but we're getting a Kingdom Hearts 4. So Kingdom Hearts 3 released just a few years ago, 2019, after a long, long, long period of development and anticipation from longtime mega Kingdom Hearts fans. I jumped into Kingdom Hearts 3 having never played any other Kingdom Hearts. I was confused as hell, but I'll say this. I still enjoyed my time because of the Disney tie-ins that the franchise is known to feature, and the gameplay was okay. I had my gripes about it, but John, Kingdom Hearts Four, what what do we got here? Uh, so I will I will say that I'm not surprised that we're getting a Kingdom Hearts Four. I'm just surprised that we're not getting a Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep 2.5 Dream Dream Drop Distance, the Final Chapter Remix Prologue. Plus three other ones first. That's what I expect out of Kingdom Hearts for the next decade. And the fact that this is like a new, a, a new challenge for Kingdom Hearts to go right from one one storyline to the other. It's like the fans are like, "Wow, what a what a bold strategy! They're going right from three to four. Like, is this gonna work? Is this this is insane? They're just this is wow. Let's see if this works. What a what a novel idea to go right to the next game that comes out. Like insane." Um, so yeah, I, I'm 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 definitely surprised that we're getting four right away. Um, again, we don't know much about it. There's no there's no window. The game's in early development. I, my guess is like we don't see this until 2024 minimum is where I would be with it. Like minimum 2024. I'm gonna take you out further. I'm saying this game's not coming until like 2028. <laughs> I, yeah, I was sarcastic in the group message and I said 2030 is when we're getting that game, but 2028 wouldn't surprise me. As yeah. you know, the development. Uh, 
struggles slash delays with uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. It's kind of funny. Um, I, John, I, I, you know, you know my thoughts on, I think a lot of people in general are like, oh, you want to go see the third movie in that franchise? You got to watch the first two. Oh, you want to play the fifth game there? You got to play the first four. I don't feel that way in a lot of cases. However, I really don't feel that way with Kingdom Hearts 3 because I think if you played 1 and 2 and all the millions of little uh, in-between games and the fractional releases and the remixes, you'd still be just as lost. Dude, I, no sense to me. I it, it, Nobody knows what's going on. I, Rashawn, if you're watching this eventually, we'll clip this out. You don't know what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on. I want Josiah, somebody who only played Kingdom Hearts 3 and somebody who has played every single game to sit down and give me their version of the story. And I bet you neither makes any sense. I bet you both you struggle just as bad to come up with plot points. The game is so ridiculously convoluted and, and confusing before kingdom hearts 3 came out i watched hours of recap videos i watched i watched kingdom hearts 1 and 2 be played through the entire way on let's plays the entire freaking game man plus people connecting these strings like i went over the top i read i was basically like an, an encyclopedia of kingdom hearts knowledge for like 20 minutes and i'm like i'm not retaining any of this this is absolutely bonkers none of this makes sense just let me go play frozen dude <laughs> that's it i was just gonna bring that up i'm like here's my my iteration of kingdom hearts 3 i played a little bit of the movie frozen i played some of tangled i played some toy story that yeah was pretty freaking cool. that was almost almost like the lego formula right you take your favorite ips and you go play through them but kingdom hearts fantasy final fantasy style almost i, I could not tell you here's anything what I'll, about that story here's what i'll say key, about key to the light will unlock the love in your heart what, are you what does saying? that mean? Wait, so are you saying that Kingdom Hearts is a place? It's a theory? What? What? What is my Kingdom Hearts? Whatever. Well, here's what I'll say. I love the theory of Kingdom Hearts. I love Kingdom Hearts in theory. The music is incredible. The animation is so cool. Final Fantasy crossed with Disney. Like this world. What back in the day when I was a, a an Xbox owner and I was seeing Kingdom Hearts commercials on TV, I'm like, what is this incredible world? Like I'm, I was a Dragon Ball Z fan back in the day, so like I was like into baby anime. Like you know, I was like, whoa. This is insane. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, it, it's just, it's yeah. just bonkers. But again, don't let that stop you from playing it. it, it there, there's fun to be had. The music is still great. The animation is still cool, and there's very fun worlds to visit. Right? Like, it's just go in with the right expectations if you're going to hop into Kingdom Hearts for the first time. Yes, please do. Because I'll tell you what, I left Kingdom Hearts three saying that story was bullshit. <laughs> I don't understand right. any of it. But you know Nothing. what? I'd play Kingdom Hearts four. That's saying something. The gameplay isn't necessarily anything to write home about. But what appeals to me in like a Lego game is kind of the ease and the simplicity and you kind of shut your brain off and you still have a good time with it. You don't have to be super in-depth. That's how I felt about that. And I played through a lot of properties that I loved, like a Toy Story or even a Monsters, Inc. That's super fun to me. What happened in the actual real-world story, like it all felt like a dream to me. So uh, right. curious to see where that goes. And John, you're so right. Find me someone who can try to explain that story to me because I remember watching videos like you did in the lead up to that game in 2019. And I watched like a 30 minute recap of the story so far from, I want to say Jonathan Dornbush. Dornbush, yes, for sure. I, I, was, I, I was almost mad afterwards. You want to know my main takeaway after watching that? My main takeaway was like, John, you have no idea what you're talking about either. So you're just as confused <laughs> yeah. as I am, dude. Like, all right, just let's just throw our hands up and walk away from this. Nobody knows. Um, That's the thing. I want people to admit it. I don't know why. Why do it. I care? Like, like Rashawn. <laughs> I, Rashawn, I hope you come come around again. I want you to be like, yeah, yeah, no, I don't know what's going Nobody on. Nobody knows. Here. Nobody knows. Um, but to talk a little bit about Kingdom Hearts 4, the one thing I'm slightly worried about is that, like, reading people who claim to understand Kingdom Hearts, it seems like the, the focus they're going is more towards, like, the real world stuff and maybe a little bit less of the Disney stuff. Um, the art style is a little, little more grounded. It's a little more realistic. A lot of people have some issues with Sora not having, like, the big feet. Who knows? Um, but the, the, one little, the one little Easter egg we did get for one of the possible worlds, we, we got to talk about that. Uh, so that, that trailer drops... One of the first things we see is like this forest. It's just a quick flash of this forest. It's a little bit dark. It's a little bit almost like a little, I don't know, almost like Seattle kind of gives me those kind of vibes, right? Like the, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we see some running water and it just cuts away. But if you break that down, first of all, Endor vibes right off the bat. I, right off the bat, that, that looks like Endor. But people have looked and there is very, very visibly a foot of an AT, ATST. 
there's an ATAT. I forgot what it was at this point, but ST. yeah, ATST, the smaller ones. So there's there's definitely a foot of an ATST chilling there. Dude. So we're getting we're getting to go to Endor in Kingdom Hearts. We're we're getting the Star Wars crossover, man. That's freaking that's freaking cool. Those stupid jerks. They wrote me right back in, dude. All I saw. So all I've seen, by the way, I should admit, I've not watched the the presentation. I've not watched the trailer for this. I saw the screenshot. That's good enough for me. And you know what's funny? It's probably a 50-hour story or something ridiculous. And that's like a two-hour slice. But damn right. it, I'm going to play that game. I want it. I want it. It's going to be cool. So, I'm just, yeah, I'm just so excited to see how they do that. Like, what do they bring in? Like, what characters What characters from Star Wars do they bring in? Like, I'm sure it's going to be Ewoks. I mean, it's going to it's gonna mix well with Kingdom Hearts, I think. And it's going to be on Endor. But, like, how crazy do you get with that? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. What was the... Was it Death? No, not Destiny. Why am I forgetting what the game was? Okay, I'll circle back to that. Uh, they came with all like the 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 uh, Star Wars figures, Marvel figures, Disney characters. Oh, Disney Infinity. Yes. Yeah. Disney Infinity. So, how that series happened was very similar where you would explore worlds you so you would explore guardians of the galaxy you'd explore the star wars prequels whatever it was I, that was so much fun very much like the lego games with this <clears throat> i've always wanted in my head a kingdom hearts 4 where you go and visit star wars worlds and marvel worlds because right. there's so much for marvel you could do you could just make a game out of those two properties and just Print money, basically. For sure. Uh, but even since then, they've bought other properties. Like, I would sign up for an Avatar world. There's other properties that Disney owns that would make that really interesting. And even if we had to wait five, six years from now, I would sign up for that. Yeah, it's 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 cool that it's cool the possibilities because this is like the first kind of non-classic Disney you know world that they're seemingly going with this is the first of those like purchases that disney has made that is making its way into a kingdom hearts so interesting it just kind of sh- like light bulb went off every time you go to a different world in kingdom hearts uh sora gets a new like a uh, keyblade themed around that world give me a freaking lightsaber man a lightsaber keyblade that would be so freaking cool that would be so cool uh j mac in the chat asked do you think that marvel will be in the game i don't know i hope so like you don't have to do mcu stuff like fortnite had uh, fortnite did that whole marvel uh theme season and it was all like not mcu related marvel stuff but it was still so much fun like they had like this they had um the little area of upstate new york where tony stark's cabin was like all sorts of really really cool stuff that you could you, you you've got like the possibilities are endless do i think so i have no idea but i freaking hope so dude yeah again I could not sign up any faster if that was the case. My goodness gracious. Give me all of that right now. Uh, John, I can't believe we talked about Kingdom Hearts for that long. And I can't believe we've made it this far into the episode without really talking about... We did a little bit, but Lego Star Wars. Uh, The Skywalker Saga, it's here. We sat together when we watched the E3 where this was announced in my house. What a fun time that was. An announcement that came out of nowhere because we got a lot of Lego Star Wars games over the years. But here we got the entire saga. Good stuff happened. It's played through all nine movies. You got some character DLC from Solo Rogue One. Tell me what your experience has been so far. I've got a lot to say. I'd love to talk about it. If you have questions, if you have uh, questions live at twitch.tv slash the Geekiverse, I've sunk a good amount of time into this. So, John, you've been playing with your... Uh, you played about uh, an hour and a half, you said, for episode one. Sounds about right. What uh, do you like so far? Did, hit me. It is. It's what I've. Ex- it's what I expected it to be so far. But I mean that in a good way. I, I've stayed away from the Lego games because I, I played about ten minutes of a Marvel game with like share play on PS4 with a buddy once. Just like hopped in. Those were just. I played a little bit with them, and I'm like, okay, I understand what these Lego games are. It is. I'm going through a specific story. I can play as whatever characters I want from that franchise, and I can just beat the crap out of stuff and collect bricks and just like get a very condensed but comedical version of that story. I got it. I understand these Lego games, and it's just not for me. It's not the way I want to experience those stories. Maybe one day, whatever. It's just never been a thing. This one gets announced, and I can tell that it's different. I can tell that like they are putting the effort in here, like to make this a more cinematic quality. Like they're they're putting the bells and whistles in, but at the end of the day, I think the gameplay is still going to be the same. Um, pretty similar. If it wasn't for the idea to play this with my wife and do co-op, I probably wouldn't have gotten it. 
Um, but I'm excited that I did. So we put we put about an hour and a half into it, and I and I would say that like all of my all my thoughts were confirmed. But I'm still excited. Like I I'm still pumped to to play this with her and to and to go through all nine movies eventually. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's just shallow like popcorn flick entertainment and there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm excited about it. I don't have the touchstones of like playing all these games and be able to see all the improvements. I, I know they're there. So I, I just, I don't think I appreciate them as much as uh, someone like you might. Well, let me talk about this game. So, uh, I, I think when Lego star Wars originally hit and it, this is 2005, it was episodes one through three. They started with the prequels, not the original trilogy. Think about that. We're right in the heart of the, the prequel trilogy coming out. Uh, original Xbox. I remember a review my dad telling me, he read in like the paper or something, which is funny. The he paper? Said, a paper. What's a paper? He said uh, it, it was kind of akin to being a snack <laughs> for video games. And I think that's very true. It's, it's an easy game, but it's so much fun. You play through... Uh, you know the the different easy levels, but two thousand and six. Whenever we got the surprise October storm in New York, we we oh, had six, this, yep. this big snowstorm. Lord and I dating about a year at that point, and we got stuck together. She was over at my house with my family. We're you know fifteen at that point. We get a power generator. What do we do? We play through that entire game. And this is where the nostalgia kicks in big time for me. It's Star Wars. You all know how much I love Star Wars. But take it to another notch. It's kind of formative years for Lauren and I. Just dating. And we played, I think we 100% of that game on the original Xbox. And then on the 360, a few years later in 07. Actually, so a year later in 07, the original trilogy comes out. They call it Lego Star Wars 2. We played through that again. Get all the, the the gamer score you can get. A thousand gamer score on Xbox 360. That game just forever was ingrained in my head because of how special that experience was in those late nights. And there was you had power generators. It was a crazy time in Buffalo, New York with what was going on. Because we've had more snow before. We just didn't have it in that capacity where we it lost... Was- it was October, so the, the all the leaves were still on the trees. This was pre-fall, so all the you know it was it was like a decent amount of snow, but it happened in the middle of October, so all the trees started falling down. It was crazy. It was a national disaster. Like if you haven't heard of it, look it up. Like that was actually insane. National it, it disaster. Totally natural was. disaster. It, it was crazy to to live through. Like not not a ton of danger, but hey, you're without power for a while. So we did that. Uh, fast forward to today, and. I'm playing the game and I, I get it. it. By the way, I started with episode one as well. I just felt like it was right, especially since the original game was episode one. I uh, so, as much as I like the 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 not gonna spoil that. <laughs> I already did. As much as I enjoy a lot from the from the sequel trilogy, I feel like it would be so weird to start with that. But then my confirmations were even more so uh uh confirmed, I guess you should say, when somebody I think it was Barrett Courtney, um uh, kind of funny, he said he started with that. And he didn't get a Jedi until like the end of that game. You don't, you can't play with a Jedi until like the game's almost over. <laughs> he started with Episode Seven. Yeah, that's weird. So you don't. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's very weird. So like, it's I think even even more so knowing the fact like, oh yeah, you don't get to use a lightsaber until like the end of that game, basically. Um, no, listen, John. You and I both know that Episode Seven is the best Star Wars movie, but you don't start with it. You build up to it. You know, right? There, you build up for sure. For sure. That's so, such a weird thing. That is a weird thing, and even I knew that was wrong. You know, I thought I was going to do the original trilogy and do chronological release order, but I didn't. I did episode one. I'm uh, just about uh, four out of five levels through episode six, Return of the Jedi. I love that this is totally rebuilt. So Frank, our, our friend on Facebook, he brought up, hey, should I play this game? Is it different from the 360 era? Totally different. And it's not just the style where this is kind of third person in a way. It is different in the aspect that they rebuilt everything here. Right. You play different levels. You play different story beats. It's not just, oh, you're uh, you're in the Tanti 4 in the beginning of uh, A New Hope. It's different perspective. It's different dialogue. Take oh, yeah. what, what people love about the dialogue in like a Mass Effect game, and you've got that very small hint of a, an RPG here with side characters. Like All of it's here that you wouldn't see in a typical Lego game. And uh, 
what is really special, I'm talking about, you know, playing this with my wife 15 years ago almost, is I've got Daisy, my three and a half year old, who who's kind of like dabbled here and there. She's played like I, I let her have the the switch to to run around in Breath of the Wild. I gave her the control when I was in the open world in Horizon, and she just loved running around and just doing whatever. Really, not a lot of anything. So I was like, "Hey, I've got a video game. Let's play." The only thing you've really truly played is Peppa Pig on the Nintendo Switch. So. She's watched all the Lego Star Wars uh, specials that are on Disney Plus with me. She's starting to know some of the characters. Said, I got a video game today. Let's go play Lego Star Wars. So I can't how perfect this game is for diehard Star Wars fans, but also if you have kids who maybe can't quite grasp what they need to do in a video game yet, but they're on the path to it. So in old Lego video games... Lauren and I would play and you would share the screen, John, as, as you've seen in the Marvel game that you played. Like, I can't progress enough to the right until my other player, in Lauren in this case, follows me. We have to be on the same page to move the screen. It's got to follow both of you. You can't, like, just veer off the path. This game is not that. I can basically run through the entire thing. I can go into new areas. I can go into new levels. And Daisy, again, my three and a half year old, can really do whatever she wants. And when I get a new story chapter or a new beat, then she gets sucked in. Yes. That's perfect. So oh my gosh. I can't it's so perfect. Sp- I can't speak from the the you know the experience of having a child, but my fully developed 28 year old wife, uh, very, very similar situation where it's like I am just running she's stuck somewhere. She can't she can't get up <laughs> like a staircase or something like that. Like Jar Jar Banks is in her way or something like that. She just can't figure it out. I'm like she asked me, How do I do it? I'm like, honestly, don't worry about it. I'm almost at the checkpoint. I'll get us I'll I'll get us out of here. I'll get us out of here. So yeah, yeah, right. That you know what? I didn't think of it that like, from that perspective, but I, I was benefiting from it. I was almost thinking like Ah, like the split screen's a little jarring because, like, you know, you're focusing on two different things. It's a little tough. Oh, <laughs> she's in chat. Okay, come on. Sorry, I didn't, I, I, I didn't realize she was still awake. Should have been talking shit. Um, but I was yeah, waiting but, for it. Yeah, no, but you're right. Absolutely, that, that that's a huge benefit to be able to just like control the game and progress the story while someone who doesn't really. Like it is, we take for granted as people who play, have played games our whole lives, like how comfortable we are with moving with a joystick, right? Like. Left stick is straight forward back, and right stick and the right stick is look up and down and stuff like that. Like that's just second nature to us. But someone who doesn't do that and hasn't done that for years, that's jarring. Like they're constantly looking at the floor, looking at the looking at the sky, having to turn, and then like turn. Like it's it's very. It takes a while to learn. Think about yourself when the first time you like you know play the game with twin sticks. It's a lot. So to be able to take control like that, whether you have a a, a very young child or a, a wife who just doesn't have much experience with the, with the game, video games, I'm not, I'm not going there again. Um, it, it's, it's awesome to have. Courtney, don't you worry. I'm rooting for you there. Uh, J-Mac, uh, oh, you had asked if um, the, the Star Wars anthology movies were, you think, video game i don't think so you've only got rogue one and solo at this point but i can see dlc down the road maybe paid dlc of course where you, you can play some of those missions and even that seems a little far-fetched with some of the crunch that we heard in the development structure here to get this game out even in this year that we we got it out um but yeah john it's just it's really special to play with her and i remember looking over and we finished the level and it to get to the next point, you have to both hold X on the on the, the dual sense, right? It'll say, do you really want to play this mission? You hold X, but you both have to do it. She was having trouble with that at first. She can identify the, the, the button, no problem, but holding it, she was not grasping. So Lauren was showing her a little bit, hey, you got to hold it, and you. this is what it looks like. So after a while, we'll just go up to something, and now she's beating me to that. And she'll be like, daddy, let's go. The The two just best points here i'll leave off with you know she's sitting on the one end of the couch i'm over here and i'm playing and lauren just kind of looks at me and we're smiling and she goes did you ever think 15 years ago you'd be playing lego star wars with a daughter like that and i was like oh my gosh no i never thought that oh my gosh it hit me in the field so hard and then there was a, a a point where there was a loading screen for the next mission. And by the way, the loading screens are very quick in this game. And we're waiting and Daisy looks at me and she goes, daddy, let's do this. And I freaking lost it, man. 
It's just, that's what makes games so special. It's these experiences. It's with friends. It's with your family, your spouse. Because uh, it's so social, right? Like, that's that's what all these are about. So LEGO Star Wars really provides that experience. And I, I could not recommend it more if it's something you're looking to get in, into, whether it's, <laughs> you know, your 28-year-old wife or uh, you got a young kid at home. I think, I think it's very special. It's so cool. So, so yeah, cool. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. I can't wait to to keep going i'm almost at the end of return of the jedi i'm really excited to get into force awakens we've never had episode eight nine in a lego video game that's obviously almost here for me so uh, this is a game i'm totally going to platinum can't wait to get through the rest of that this looks gorgeous by the way the shine on the legos oh yeah is really awesome They're, the the ray tracing like the next gen graphics like yes it's a lego game but it's animated it's a cartoon it looks awesome it looks like you're basically playing with physical Legos. They did an amazing job. Uh, J-Mac also mentioned it uh, in the Twitch chat. The Clone Wars voice characters. Yeah, man. That's pretty awesome to to see because some of the other games ripped just audio from the movies, which is fun. But you, you've got James Arnold Taylor doing Obi-Wan Kenobi. Just totally special. Sam Whitmer, uh, I believe, doing Anakin Skywalker. Just yeah, it, especially if you've been a long time Star Wars fan, this one really hits close to home, and uh, it's been it's been really good so far. So what, hope, what I hope everyone else is enjoying it. One one disappointment I will say is that they didn't get uh, a young Jake Lloyd to do uh, young Anakin because that's been jarring. Because young Anakin is a very specific voice to me. So this new kid, not cutting it. <laughs> yes, I'm also sorry they didn't get a young Jake Lloyd to do this. <laughs> Honestly, this this kid's not he's not going to work out. I think we might have to bully him and, and affect his life forever it's it's the trials right the jedi trials you got to go through them yeah he definitely was jarring i was like oh that locker get out of here although although he did hit the yippee pretty well the yippee hit that was pretty good that was the one thing like all right you 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 got something right that's also a fair point one thing i do love also in this game is you can turn off the uh the voice acting and change it back to the mumbling so the original lego games kind of had just this like mumbling essentially yeah, it's pretty awesome. So instead of actual spoken words and language, you can change it back to to that, which I think is such a nice thing. You don't have to to get a cheat code or, or unlock it. It's just there right from the beginning. Also, I will say that's one thing. Like I haven't actually done this yet, but I, I'm a big TikToker. I'm on the TikTok all the time, and like it knows that I like video games and Star Wars. So naturally, I'm seeing like Lego Star Wars stuff. The fact that you just punch in cheat codes to unlock characters is like so nostalgic. I'm just scrolling through TikTok, and everyone's like, "Wait, stop that's- scrolling! If you want to play as X, Y, or Z, punch in this cheat code." I'm like, "This is pretty freaking cool. Like this, this is this is awesome." Can't wait! So I, so I've got like a bunch of them favorited, so I can like add characters. I was gonna say another thing that's really cool: all the character cheat codes that are out there, you can do that, and it does not prohibit you from getting uh, certain trophies for collections. So, nice touch there, because that could be a game-breaking awful bug. But Traveler's Tales has it, so you can do that without ruining your progress. So, good stuff there. The map, by the way, you pause the game, and or even you bring up the the uh, light bar in the dual sense this is very in-depth it's got everywhere it's slightly overwhelming as somebody who was kind of expecting like a a low-key like chill game lego experience playing with my wife who doesn't play games very often like i'm expecting this lego story there's side quests popping up this 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 gungan's trying to get me to do like a chore i'm like bro i'm just here to talk to the big guy to get out of here like i'm like like jar doesn't big doo-doo now i can't i don't have time for you my friend yeah, it is overwhelming at first, and I felt that way, and I feel like I know a lot of Star Wars, right? Like, And I was looking around, and I was like, oh, gosh, a lot. I need to color this map in a little bit, essentially. It's a lot, for sure, but I feel way better being where I'm at in the game, which is natural in, in RPG element games. Right, so. right. Uh, but really, really, they left no stone unturned here for that. That's pretty awesome. It's it's clear the care that went into this from seemingly Star Wars fans as well. Uh, so uh, Lego Star Wars, man, go check it out. Really enjoyed it. If you're on PS5, add me. You can find me at I am Brosia. I'd love to play with you a little co-op when I'm not playing with Daisy, of course. Uh, I think that's all I wanted to mention. Maybe we'll we'll circle back, but uh, 
anything else I'm missing that you wanted to bring up uh, on this game, John? No, I think we got there. I, I, I just really wanted to hear your impressions about that game. I'm I'm still excited to play more of it. Like that's something that like I'm we're gonna commit. We're gonna play it all. Like we're gonna sit down. Courtney's gonna be a Lego Star Wars master by the end of this. She's gonna because we had a, we had a blast. Like we like I felt a lot like when we sit down and, and do our Lego sets that we've been working on. Like it's a it's a it's a really fun time to play with somebody else, to, especially someone who's not like really into games. Like it's a great entry entry path into into using a controller and like a property that we both really love so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna report back on the, on the progress for sure love to hear it i think it's gonna be awesome perfect game to go through co-op and uh i gotta say too the twists on the story have been fun because we we you know for the most part especially if you're a star wars fan you know all the stories to this point forward and back but the the fun spin that they've put on a lot of them has been really fun and it's always comedic and it's geared towards kids. And there are a few laugh out loud moments for, for me and Daisy. So yeah, definitely can't recommend it enough. Go check out Lego star Wars. Oh, I, I didn't want to mention one moment. We had, we had like an old school gaming moment where like, you you know, how you're like, you're just like trying to break the game and it's like, what can I do in this game? It's like a sandbox. <laughs> like what, what can I do? We had that moment. We were on Tatooine, and Courtney found out. First of all, she found out she can control R two because you're there with uh, Qui Gon and Obi Wan and Padme and R two. And she like she switches to R two, and she's like freaking out. She's just zooming all over the place, like having a ball. Loves being R two. And then I'm I'm Obi Wan, and I and then I, that's like the first time they introduced the mechanic that you can like pick up crates and like figure stuff out. And somehow she ends up on top of the crate. I'm like, don't move, don't move. I'm like, I'm gonna see where I can put you. So I so I, I I pulled her up and I'm just like trying to put her on top of buildings and stuff. I'm like, do not touch anything. Do not roll off this crate. We're we're gonna find something out. We didn't we didn't go anywhere. Too cool. I got her on top of a building or something like that. But like it was it was, it was we were both just dying laughing. It was so much fun. Like those are the kind of experiences that I love about these games. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. This is a game to do that in. Uh, <laughs> she was doing donuts. Uh, yeah, Daisy is definitely loved. There's so many parallels here between Courtney and Daisy. It's funny. Um. Daisy loved VNR two because she was so fast. Like, yeah, if you, if, got the wheels. You go for like three seconds, you you go into turbo mode essentially. So yeah, she was all about it. Uh, that would be fun, I think, if Daisy and Courtney teamed up. Just oh saying, my I would, God. Love, to, I would nope. love to see that. Nobody would hit the checkpoints; they'd be stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it happen! Damn it! All right, Lego. That's a, that's a good way for us to, to segue into the end of our episode here for Busy Sticks, the week of April 14th. Man, I could talk about this all night, but we'll reserve that for now and maybe bring it back on a future episode. Uh, John, I don't know if you know this. We, we've got a little bit of a, a TikTok celeb on this episode right here. And his name is John Fick. John, oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> talk you're, about you're- where... You are the guy, but your videos are been taken off, man. The ones where you know what you know. So just just for some context, we're we're the Geekiverse is on TikTok. We're having fun with it. Follow us. We're at the Geekiverse. No no underscores. Just we got we finally got our own handle. Awesome. Um, we've been having fun with these uh, guest the Star Wars character videos, but the ones where Josiah doesn't get it are just skyrocketing. Anytime Josiah <laughs> misses one, it's so funny. People are, uh, people love to hate you, dude. They're like this guy. This guy really sucks at this, huh? <laughs> and I'm just like restraining myself. I'm like all right, this is the internet people suck just like like to comment move on but um yeah you know what I say to those people you know you know what i say to them get to know me dan <laughs> yeah right right for sure and, and uh, part two to that it's rare if i could so humbly say so that i don't get one so maybe that's why they're taking off All right. maybe i'm it, just i'm only a little that- bit kidding Go is back. that is yeah. that maybe why I've only posted those ones basically so far? I don't know. Who, 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 I guess we'll never know. But uh, it's been fun. So follow along. We're we're gonna keep making those. We're gonna make variations on those. We've we've posted a few MCU ones. We're gonna we did something like the Sabers game. Like that was really cool. We're gonna keep uh keep getting silly with it. Follow us on TikTok. It's fun. Yeah, and dude, your your personal experience on TikTok has been awesome from what I've seen as well. So keep killing it on the views there. Um. Yeah, what what kind of friend is this guy? You know, he's putting putting all my failures. I just I know that's where the views are, man. (laughs) John knows where the algorithms are. I'll tell you that he has figured out that he's cracked the code on TikTok, and we're forever grateful for that. We are having a good time. We're doing TikToks all over the place, Sabers games, other half, you name it. Can't wait to do more as uh, as the weather's getting nicer here. It's gonna be exciting in the the coming months. I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, John, where can people find you on social media? And if 
they liked our discussion on Lego Star Wars, if they're a Star Wars fan, what other uh, property of the Geekiverse should they check out? Uh, you can find me at Disruptoid on just about everything social media. Uh, other shows, Star Wars related, we're, we're watching them all, man. We're watching them. We're ranking them. Uh, Star Wars Reviewed is where we're, we, we haven't done one of those in two weeks either. We've been on a bit of a hiatus, but we're on what? We're on episode f- eight, right? Episode eight. Yeah. So we're, we're actually Rogue uh, One. You're right. Uh, yep, yes. Yep. So we are, we are watching the, the, the two spinoffs as well. So we're about to do Rogue One. We just finished episode seven, which is currently our number one ranked movie, no matter what yep. Twitter says. Currently number yep. one. Uh, so Rogue One is next. That's been fun. If you're looking for an excuse to rewatch those movies, uh, hang out with us because we're enjoying it too. Yeah, hundred percent. You can find me at I am Brosia. Uh, the Force Awakens is the greatest of all time. Just gonna say that. Check out all of those episodes to date at youtube.com slash the geekiverse. If you'd rather listen in podcast form, you can find those uh, in a catalog on just about any podcast service around the globe that you subscribe to. So we'd appreciate that. We also do the MCU reviewed. If you like Marvel, we had a big episode a few weeks back on the Avengers Endgame. It was quite emotional. We had a great time talking through all of that. Uh, get in the conversation. Join us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, if you like what you're doing or like what you're seeing and hearing, you can visit us at patreon.com slash the Geekiverse and subscribe to what we've got going on there. Last plug, check out our merchandise store at thegeekiverse.storeenvy.com. We've got over 20 designs, pop culture, merchandise, including Geekiverse branded logo tees that you can pick up today. For John, I'm Josiah. Thanks so much for catching us on this episode of Busy Sticks and at twitch.tv slash the Geekiverse. We'll see you all next week. Have a wonderful Easter weekend. Easter weekend. Easter weekend. Easter weekend. Easter weekend. Easter weekend. Easter weekend.